0: Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. I am excited that you're here. Today is Friday, woot, woot, moment of silence. You made it to Friday. My friend September McCarthy is back on the podcast with me, and we're going to be talking today about why motherhood matters, touching on a couple of different topics that are near and dear uh, to my heart and to September, starting with why marriage should never be the second seat to mothering. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some rules to biblical communication in your home, and then we're going to end the podcast today by just really briefly touching on why interrupting whining and complaining. Don't have to control your home. You guys, this is going to be a jam packed podcast today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So September, you're back on the podcast with me today. Thank you so much for coming back.
1: Thank you. This is so fun. Exciting.
0: I'm excited that you're here. Are your kids uh, back in school now?
1: Well, we homeschool and they're supposed to be back in school, but, um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) launching a book, um, yeah. Launching yeah. a book just gave them an excuse to um, for me to have a little bit more time to set up the school room. And so right. now they're not back in school. <laughs> no, mine
0: are not either. And I told my kids, I was just like, listen, we're just going to, I'm actually doing the sort of scaled down, Now, another reason we love homeschooling, I'm doing the scaled mm-hmm. down version of homeschooling uh, for this particular, these particular two months. And you and I kind of in the same season, because we're both launching a book.
1: Right. Yeah, busy. Busy times. But my kids are loving it. We're we're scaling down a little too. But uh I think probably the biggest adjustment is that they're actually gonna have a little bit more of a structured schedule. Right now it's been you know fun and carefree but I, <laughs> a little bit more accountability for, a little bit more accountability for all of us i think yeah it
0: can never so. hurt i know i i tell my i've been telling jay lately i'm just like okay i, I want to i want to go back to school but i don't but i do but i don't but i do you know just yeah. because yeah. i like this i like the structure and kind of like okay i know what i'm putting in my crock pot today and all those yeah. things sort of settle i'm kind of a routine girl so i like to settle mm-hmm. into a routine eventually you kind of probably are mm-hmm. a routine girl too with ten kids you have to be.
1: I am. Yeah, I am, and that—that that I, I—that's how we survive here. Uh, but summer and lung- launching a book, and we have a conference. It's just been more relaxed, and the kids have loved it, and um, we've had fun. It's been a great summer. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Well, I
0: am I want to just jump right into a bunch of stuff in why motherhood matters today. And I have been telling um God's doing, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I um I was just talking to Brooke McLaughlin a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and just about, you know, gospel-centered mom and her heart to bring women back to the word. You have a similar heart. I have that same heart. I feel like God, I feel like this is a wake-up call to mothers who are listening like I believe that this generation of children um, is going to be asked to answer questions that my generation never even saw coming. And certainly, uh, mothering has changed. I mean, we both have uh, children who are almost 26 years old. And I'll tell you, the things that uh, I was dealing with 26 years ago, nothing in comparison uh, to what we're dealing with in the culture right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think, I think it's challenging for uh, moms now too. Yeah. I, I feel like I need to be educated and prepared in a whole new area of motherhood that I didn't have to even think about when my uh, older children were little. Yeah. But it really, it ends up it ends up pushing me and I, I kind of like a challenge. And so I'm thinking, boy, Lord, you know, it makes me draw closer to you because yeah. I can't, I don't have any answers unless I go to his word. And so they're all there. They're just waiting yeah. for us, right? Yeah, it's totally um, right. So it's
0: totally right. Yeah. And I think one of the places that we start is um by creating healthy homes. You know, we've been talking about um yeah. the home, you know, relationships in the home being the cornerstone of the church and how um and how the church is faltering right now. But I think so so much of the struggle that we're seeing in the church, well, A, it's a departure from biblical truth. But B, mm-hmm. I think we're not we're not tending to our relationships at home. And one of the things that popped out to me almost immediately. Um, when I got your beautiful book in the mail, was uh, chapter nine where you say why you should love your spouse more than your kids. Now, I started talking about this about seven years ago over on my Facebook Mm -hmm. page, and I thought, oh, the women are gonna love this. So I wrote a big blog Mm -hmm. post called um, Why um, Marriage Counts Before Motherhood, and I put it out there, and I said, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna encourage you guys, you know, take care of your husband. It's even more important uh, than taking care of your children. Not like don't feed your kids or anything like that, but like, you gotta mm. prioritize the marriage and the pushback, September, I'm not kidding. Like the pushback mm. that I got from all the feminists on my on my page, they were just like, your husband can yeah. take care of himself. This is the only time you'll ever mm. have to focus on your children. And I thought, we are missing the point. So why, mm. tell me why, because it, you and I share the same heart, but maybe you can explain it better than I did seven years ago. Uh, why do you tell women that they should love um, their spouse more than their kids? What do you mean by that?
1: I think what happens is we begin to love something more than our spouse when we love our motherhood or devote too much time towards our motherhood. And so I even say in my book, when we, our focus is only on motherhood, we end up sidelining our spouse. And so it's not necessarily that our husbands can't take care of themselves. Right. Or that's not, not the not point. We, right. We just, we're just sidelining them. Because we so we become so focused on survival. We become focused on caring because we're nurturers. We become focused on details and schedules. And so our, our spouses become sidelined. And it mm-hmm. happens easily. Mm-hmm. And it's not purposeful. No. And it's not that they can't take care of themselves. I'm sure that they could. But they need us and we need them. Mm-hmm. And God, God gave us our spouses first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so... Um, Well, it's the analogy, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes people, I think sometimes women mistake this and, and think they're falling out of love with their spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, when really they're just focusing on something more, you know, like motherhood. (laughs)
0: Right. And so
1: it's a slow degeneration and it happened, it happened to me and, um, it was scary. It was very scary what happened. And, um, well, why don't, describe, behind, why don't you describe why don't
0: you describe what you're talking about for the listeners who are going? I think that's me, but I'm not sure. When you said it happened to you, what do you mean by that? How
1: did you how did you catch yourself? Sure, yeah, I found myself sitting on cold bathroom tile floor in the middle of the night. I had my suitcase packed. I had little kids, and I was a leader in our community. I was a leader in church Bible studies. You know, I was that girl that behind closed doors, you would not know that my marriage was kind of slowly falling apart at the seams. We had six children under the age of eight and, um, I was looking good on the outward, but, um, I didn't realize that I had basically pushed my husband away because I had become a little, maybe some other women can identify with this. You become a little resentful. Maybe some women, Um, aren't leaving the home, going to work. So they're home and so they become resentful. Maybe they become bitter because it's not what they thought motherhood would look like. And usually in our homes, I think a lot of the problems that we have, like the exterior circumstances, we end up pointing fingers at our spouses when really it's just external circumstances that are causing those things. So our spouses take the hit, you know what I mean? And yeah. So, I was ready to pack up and call it quits, Um, and, and God met me right there on that bathroom floor and showed me that I had basically exchanged my motherhood for my marriage, and I had poured all of myself and all of my love and all of my dedication because we are women are dedicated you know we're nurturers and we're sewers and we I had poured all of that into my motherhood and little by little the fabric of my marriage had started to come apart at the seams you know I I was we stopped saying good night to one another we stopped going to bed at the same time I stopped sharing what was bothering me or hurting me I became resentful and I had created this rift that really did not exist I had created it Um, because I was worn out. I was tired. And um, instead of turning to my husband, uh, with my tiredness and my brokenness and my exhaustion and my needs, I began to build these walls. And it's easy to do. We do that to the people that we love. But um, in the end, God showed me that this is the man that God wanted me to spend the rest of my life with, and that we were one. And without him, we were nothing. We, Mm. We would not... Um, be able to raise a godly generation. And so God right there on that bathroom floor, I mean, he met me there broken. And, um, you know, my I wrote a chapter about this, all of this resentment and all of this um, anger in my marriage, which really was based on more of my emotion, was turned around one night, he came home from work, you know, he works outside, he's a builder, covered in sawdust. And there would have been a time that I would have just been you know, getting food on the table for the kids and busy and scurrying around. And I just put it all down and I walked over to him and I just held him tight. And, you know, sometimes I think women just want our husbands to come to us because Mm. they want, we want them to see our need. And I just needed to show him that I had been broken and I needed him. And my heart turned in that moment um, when I was able to lay down the pots and pans and lay down the apron and walk away from everything that was distracting me from my marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a beautiful turn in our marriage. And you're marriage. kind of laying down still,
0: your pride too, when you do that. I mean, you're laying down it you, it, because really, I mean, if you scrape away everything that's on the surface, the pots, and they're all distractions, but it's pride that keeps sure. us from admitting that we need help, you know? Yes.
1: Yes. I, and and then I say that in the book that I put all my pride away Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and that's what happens when we get to the point where God wants to, um, allow us to see, um, what he wants us to see. And I, I'm so grateful. Like that was a really hard time, but I'm very grateful, um, that he used it for good and that you know, we're a team. We're we're a team.
0: Yeah. And once that relationship, when the marriage relationship is strong in the home, everything else flows out of that. And I think the enemy has taken square aim at this generation of marriages. That's why marriage is under attack in the culture, because Satan knows if he can take out a marriage, he's got a clean shot at the children. And that's the truth. My parents divorced. I've experienced this firsthand and it hurts. And I think that there I think sometimes we we don't realize what's at stake, right? We don't we're not necessarily because we all struggle, right? And you know, marriage is like any other thing, any other relationship with its ups and its downs. But I think it's really easy for us to forget that um there we have an adversary and that God wants to do something that's kingdom related with our marriages. And so it's important to stick it out. Because when your marriage is healthy, then your home is healthy, and then you can begin to focus on raising that godly generation that you were just talking about. In the book, um, you talk a a little bit about communication uh, in the home, and you lay out four rules of biblical communication, just talking to the heart of mothers to say, hey, here are some ways that you can help your kids communicate better so that we we have healthier relationships as a family. And I want to go through those really quickly before the podcast is over, we've got about Four and a half minutes left, so we're going to move kind of quickly through these. But first of all, why did you write these rules? And then let's let's uh, take our listeners through them real quick.
1: Right. Well, our children were beginning in a stage where they were quarrelling and fighting. People always say, "Don't do your children fight and complain and quarrel." I said, "Oh, definitely. You know, we're just like you. Every we have very normal." lives right <laughs> so, and so the short answer um, to invite- that
0: is yes they do fight they do quarrel yes. yes
1: yes and so um we had heard about some rules of communication so i went to the bible as like there must be something that can help us walk through so we have family meetings and when we lay out our family meetings this is one of the things that we talk about and um the four rules of Communication that we lay out for our whole family even my husband and I and we catch ourselves in this and The first one is to be honest. So, mm. you know, if my husband says to me, how are you doing? I'm, and I say I'm okay Well right off the bat. I've broken the first rule of communication mm. when I say to my teen girls How are you doing is everything okay? And they say yeah, I'm fine then they've broken broken a a rule of communication and it break it starts breaking down right there and I tell me kids you have to be honest you have to tell me how how you're doing you have to be honest with one another and so um, that's where we begin is that yeah. with that first rule
0: yeah it's so important and the second one is to keep current in other words don't focus on the past which we do all the time right it's really easy for us to bring old hurts up but that actually sets us back
1: yeah it's a big one we um this has happened quite a few times especially as your children transition between like the age of 10 and 17. i know that seems like a long span but you sit them down maybe when they're like 15 16 17 and you start talking about things and all of a sudden they bring up well do you remember when and we (laughs) we always go back keep current (laughs) keep current tell us what's going on be honest tell us what's going on so it really prepares them for, for communication when they leave the home, when they have a job, when they have a spouse, when they have a, you know, a situation with a friend, like women and friendships. It's, it's amazing what these four rules of communication can really – they become embedded in your mind and you start yeah. remembering them every time you answer someone.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely right. The third rule of uh, communication, uh, biblical communication in your home, is attack the problem, not the person. Boy, if we could learn to do that in the political landscape today – What a difference,
1: right? Yes. Yes. This this is the top uh, rule of communication that comes up in our home probably every day, probably maybe every hour of every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Exactly. If if (laughs) someone (laughs) spills the garbage on the floor and they attack, you know, the person, we just have to complete, let's stop. Let's just try this again. Let's attack the problem. The garbage spilled. Let's just clean it up. You know, it really cuts a lot of the verbal you know, nitpicking and the things probably moms deal with every day, I think. Yeah. Um, So.
0: Yeah, it's so important. And I think just, you know, moms, we're always telling our kids, you can be honest, but don't mistake honesty for rudeness. And so sometimes they'll say, hey, I'm just being honest. But it's like, actually, no, you didn't just attack the problem. You attacked the person and you mistook honesty for rudeness. And now you're the one who's at fault. And so just teaching our kids to, uh, to behave in that way. And the fourth one is act, don't react. That's a powerful truth. Can you, uh, can you flesh that out just a little bit?
1: Yes. So, you know, in our homes, a lot of times, um, things will happen between the children or between us with our children. Sometimes our kids will do things that will spur us, maybe as moms, you know, triggers us to be angry and siblings as well. And I, I, trying to retrain our minds to remember, reacting is not going to change anything. I tell my kids that all the time, there is such thing as righteous anger, but I always tell my children, our reactions are not always going, we have to act on it. So how can we figure this out together? How can we get to the end of the problem? What can we do about it? Instead of spending so much time on that emotional reaction, which can stir into something bigger. So sometimes I'll just say to my kids, we're going to just stop right here. We're just going to mm. stop this conflict and we're going to act on it. What can we do to fix this? We're done reacting. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> so. so good. It's so good. And and mm-hmm. um, that kind of brings me to where
0: I want to wrap up the podcast today, because once you have those rules of engagement, sort of, which is what they are, the sort of biblical rules for engagement, um, you can really begin to curb the interrupting and the whining and the complaining. Um, I talk to moms all the time who feel like their kids are just um, out of control. And um, I think what I love what you said at the opening of chapter 13 was so good. You said, a few of the most disruptive and disarming habits children exhibit in their homes are whining, complaining, interrupting, and complaining. Combine those three on a daily basis with multiple children, and even the most patient of mothers will lose her ability to mother well. And so um, I know that this is a huge problem. Uh, today, because I talk to moms all about, you know, I talk to moms all the time out on the road speaking, especially and uh, questions that we get here at the podcast. But if you could give, um, I'm skipping to page 122, where you where you talk about a parenting uh, principle for your children, and um, uh, you know, to kind of to, to to sort of help them curb this habit. First of all, you know, you need to be the mom. Like I think moms need permission to to actually mother their children, to discipline and correct and uh, make the the readjustments as necessary. But the parenting principle that you give toward the end of that chapter is really powerful. And I'm wondering, um, I don't know if you have it in front of you or not, but I'm wondering um, if you can sort of explain why you came up with that particular principle for your mothering.
1: Well, I wanna just read the last part of that because it might help it. I wrote acknowledgement is the very first step to positive change. Excuses give reason for selfishness. And I think that a lot of times in our homes we make excuses because it's easier to excuse the behavior than yes. address it. And I always tell moms it's gonna take a little bit of work yep. to get to the other side of a solution. So you can't just hope it's gonna go away and or kick that they the will can grow down the road.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I
1: always I always tell moms it, once we stop once we acknowledge that our children have a problem with um rudeness or interrupting or any of those things then and we address it then that's the first step to solving the problem. But I think those three things are rooted in unselfishness and gratefulness and discontentment yeah. ungratefulness and discontentment. And so I always think, you know, why are my children being um ungrateful why are my children whining why are they complaining and why are they interrupting me uh and i think it usually comes down to respect Mm. and gratefulness and so when i start seeing my children exhibiting these behaviors in public then i know that i've begun to excuse it and ignore it at home so you know most training most training can we can do that at home so that Mm -hmm. we're not you know a lot of times we're embarrassed by the behavior our children have in public. And so we excuse it. I'm sorry. You know, my child is just, or or we just um, pretend it didn't happen. Like if we're, if our children are interrupting in public, we just answer them. And I always tell my children, I always tell them, what is that telling the other person, how you feel about them, that they're less important than, than you, because your words are need to be said before theirs and I always try to make it very practical you know Mm -hmm. because kids when you say don't interrupt and and don't complain and don't whine that doesn't really mean anything to them because they don't really know why they're doing that until you lay it out and show them and start correcting it um but yeah it's a it's a lifelong process probably for all of us but those three things combined I think that's what wears Us as moms out, Mm. you know, we get to the end of the day, we're like, "Will you stop complaining? Why are you so ungrateful?" You know, we hear ourselves saying these things, and so, um, in this chapter, I talk about some really practical ways to just just to cut off, you know, the excuses, and to practically help our children recognize and change that behavior. It has taken so much stress out of my home. They still do it, but not you know all the well long. and the truth <laughs> is i mean
0: let let's be honest i mean you have 10 children and i have 7 and the truth mm-hmm. is it work it's work to it stop work. and train your yeah. children. It's work to stop and say to explain because we don't want to explain. Like we're try, we're just we we just want them to obey. But if they don't understand what it is you're trying to teach them, you're going to continue with the same struggle with the same thing. And they need to know. Not only do they need to obey you when you say don't interrupt, but they need to understand the principle behind why you're doing it because you're not just doing it for the sake of doing it. So. Um, I love, love your heart uh, for mom. September, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me. I really appreciate having you.
1: Thank you, Heidi. What a blessing. Thank you.
0: So whether you guys are struggling with sleepless nights or with your toddler, endless battles with your teen, uh, my friend September's new book is going to offer you practical insights and powerful inspiration that's going to encourage you on your journey of motherhood. So I hope that you'll check it out. Also, I hope that you will check out the brand new scripture writing challenge that has just gone out. It starts today, the 1st of September. I'm going to be taking you through the principles of motherhood from God's word. So the entire month of September is focused on becoming mom strong, getting your children and yourself into the word to start off a new school year. So I hope you'll check that out. You can find it at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash scripture writing. And you can also find information about September's new book, Why Motherhood Matters, and my brand new book, Becoming Mom Strong. All of those, uh, all that information is available at the show notes today. And both of those books are available everywhere books are sold. So thanks you guys for joining me on the podcast today. I look forward to seeing you back here on Monday where we're gonna be tackling more questions from listeners at Mailbox Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.